0: You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. So, we've been thinking about the Holy Spirit for a while now and how we need to um, get to know more than little bits of Him, that we need to get to know the person, the whole person of the Holy Spirit, that it isn't just about gifts. It isn't just about fruit. There is an extent of the person that we have not begun to know and we need to begin to get to know. Uh, uh, he is desperate, Father is desperate for us to know more than we already know and to not just know it, but to know it here. Um, so we are going to look at Um, the life of Philip, and apparently he is Philip the Evangelist. Um, So that's the story that I want to look at very briefly um, today. Uh, So he is first mentioned right at the beginning of chapter 6 of Acts. Um, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked and the daily dis- distribution of food. Um, jump to three, brothers and sisters, choose seven among from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And verse six, it says, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parne- Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And um, Uh, not that this has anything to do with it, but I just thought it was interesting that they needed to be full of the spirit and wisdom to dish out food. So um, I I don't know why, but I just thought it was a really interesting thing that right every bit that was happening needed to be full of the spirit and his wisdom. There wasn't a bit of the church he wasn't interested in. Um, But that's an aside. Um, so that he, he was chosen because he's full of the spirit and wisdom. The two men they chose were full of the spirit and wisdom. So right at the beginning, when all, all but what his job was to, dish, was to dish out food, he was recognized as a man full of faith, uh, as, as uh, uh, full of the spirit and wisdom. So the Holy Spirit was already at working him. And I think that to be able to do that job wisely, you have to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. To dish out food, you have to be kind, you have to be patient, you have to be gentle, you have to be self-controlled, because everything we do needs to have that fruit of the Spirit um, burning up in us and growing and bringing forth fruit. And so even though we might think giving out some food is not a great calling, we need to be full of the Spirit, it's what we do. And so God's got plans and God will see that and he need, we need to be full of the fruit of the Spirit, whatever we're doing, because it has impact, it has impact. And then the rest of the chapter, um, verse seven, um, tells about Stephen who was being persecuted and um, then how they, the church began to spread um, the Christians were spread from Jerusalem out into the Judea and Samaria. And Philip ended up in Sam- Samaria. And uh, it wasn't a great place to go. We know from the Good Samaritan, it wasn't a, um, a place where people would have wanted to go. The people weren't well thought of. But that's where um, he ended up. Oh. Um, and so, and it says that in verse 4 of Acts 8, Philip a man full of the Holy Spirit. Oh, no. so It says in verse five, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So I I think that a man full of the Spirit, it's no coincidence where he goes, where he ends up. He's been recognized as a man of wisdom, and and so he's gonna be listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. This is planned, this is God's work, this is God working together for good in the midst of persecution and them scattering because they're afraid, God's working. His Holy Spirit's already work. And we see there that actually the wisdom he needed to distribute food, now there's another side of the Holy Spirit at work in him. Um, he's having power to witness and he's having power to perform miracles and healings, and impure spirits are coming out of many. And actually, he's a bringer of joy, and again, That's the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit at work. So even in the midst of the miracles and wonders and the supernatural, the fruit of the Spirit is necessary and evident because that comes out of love, wanting to do those things. And then um, it's not the human plan, but it says... um, you know, it says in Acts, doesn't it? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the ends of the earth. So that had already been planned and mentioned in Acts 1. And now through the Holy Spirit, it was becoming to pass. So it, it's planned, it's, it's ongoing. And so then we, <coughs> we come to the story, which I wanted to focus on, and that's about Philip and the Ethiopian and um, just some thoughts really of, of what that can we can learn from it. So in verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on, on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandeka, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. On his way home, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of the scripture the eunuch was reading. "He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth." The eunuch asked Philip, "Tell me please, who is this prophet talking about himself or someone else?" Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again. But went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azatus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. It's not in the right order. The page. <laughs> so there we go. I'll go from there we go. Um, So, to start off with, um, the angel goes to Philip and says, go south to the road, the desert road, and um, it's sort of, um, so even at the very beginning, there are, in, um, he is being invited to do something. He's being invited to partner with God. So even through that angel, he's being invited to partner with God and he he could have said no he could have said no that's I, i'm not with that one i'm not going to do that one i'm not interested but he didn't um he he responded to the invitation of the angel of the messenger of god to go and do something so he he was a man full of the spirit who had worked in practical situations and in miraculous supernatural situations. And the Holy Spirit was at work in him, talking to him and inviting him to come up and partner with him. And then it says, so he started out on his way and he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, You know, this, this bloke was really important that he met. He was a treasure. Ethiopia was not the country it is now. It was by the river Nile, it was rich, it was established, and this was an important person. And he'd obviously got some interest or relationship or something with God because he'd gone to worship. So we know that there was a hunger in his heart already. But he clearly also didn't understand what was happening he, or, or what he was reading. And so. He needed some explanation. So actually, the spirit, the angel said to Lord to Philip, "Go." And the next verse says, "So he started out. Go." So he went. If it was m- something about me, it would say the angel or the spirit said to Caris, and then she sort of hummed anard, and then. I saw the spirit said it again. And then she sort of argued back with it a little bit and said, well, I'm not really sure where that's going. And then eventually, sometimes she said yes. Your heart, our heart needs to be of of that, that you hear and you go, you're invited and you respond. And that's what, one of the things we can see from Philip, that response the invitation to be used by God and then he, he so he met him and because Philip responded when the spirit spoke because it was then the spirit that said um, go to go to that chariot and stay near it because he'd gone on the road when he was told to because he went by the chariot and stayed there he arrived at the right time, because the eunuch was then reading a passage that meant Philip could speak about Jesus and tell him all that he'd done. He listened when he was... Now, God is amazing, isn't he? That even when we um, take a bit of time to argue with him or discuss with him, politely, uh, of why he's asking us to do something, that actually he does still work it out, but wouldn't it be much more amazing if we could say, here God, go, and we went, and we arrived at just the right time to be able to speak the word of God to people. It, it's, it's, it's part of the Holy Spirit and meeting with him. It's part of his character to work within us to become like that not all that I know, but it actually is part of who Holy Spirit is and that we need to meet with him and begin to allow him to work within us more. Um, And so he was reading from the prophet and then it's, it's, so it says, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And what did Philip do? He ran. He didn't just. Okay, not sure about this. He ran, in response to God, the Spirit. He ran. I I want to be like that. I want I want to run when I'm asked to do something. I don't want to be quite so controlling, and so umming and auring. I want to be so full of the Spirit that my response to Him speaking is to run. That's. That, that's where we need to aim for now you know God is amazing isn't he and he takes us on these journeys of of discovery and of, of knowing him more and his spirit working within us more but we need to be hungry to be those who hear go and listen and respond it says to so go to that chariot and stay near it and then this is an, an, another amazing bit if I'd um you know, I'd gone, then I just sort of probably, if I heard someone reading something, I'd have dived in and started to say, shall I tell you all about that? Shall I just, you know, I can tell you what that means, I can, but he didn't. Philip was so, again, full of the fruit of the spirit, that he just gently, kindly said, do you understand what you're reading? Now, he could, the bloke have said, yes, thank you. And that could have been it. So he was giving opportunity to that person just to, to finish it there and to not carry on. But he, he, he trusted God. His eyes were fixed on Jesus. But he was sure of the spirit at work within him to be able to do that. And whereas I might have, dived straight in and sort of tried to be all superior and explain it all, he just kindly, patiently, gently, do you understand what you're reading? No imposing, respectfully asking. And it could have been the end, but the eunuch's message response was, come up, Philip, and sit with me. It might not be the response we get, but we still need to be listening to the invitation of the Spirit and responding and running. So you know, what opportunity Philip had, because he listened and acted on what the Holy Spirit had told him? He arrived at the right time. He was led like a lamb to the sheep, led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Now Philip has great opportunity to spread the good news, to speak of Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch says, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. It's, you know, it's great. They were traveling on a road and at the right time, could have, you know, they could have ended up anywhere. But they ended up by the water at the right time. Look, there's water. We're talking about, just let's me be baptized. Philip could have ended up anywhere, but his confidence was his God in his Holy Spirit to work it out. He'd learned that the Holy Spirit was to be relied on him, that he was and would be at work through him and for him. Because Philip responded it had a transformational impact on the eunuch's life. If we respond, we can have a transformational impact on people's lives. If I was told to go to the M5 and then up to that car and speak to that person because they'd broken down or their door was open, um, and then I would lead them to Christ and then they'd be baptized, I, I might go. If I was told to go to the M5, I'd want we to know, not, not know why. We're not going to know why. We're not going to know why. The Holy Spirit is often going to give us step one. When he interrupts us, he will give us step one. When he invites us, he will invite us to step one. that's what we've got to run to. That's when we've got to run. We might get a step two, a step three, a step four, a step five. That's his, his to choose. But we've got to learn to run when we're invited to come up here and partner with him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the time towns until he reached Caesarea. Now this is, you know, he was taken up. We, we don't know what or how. It was miraculous. It was supernatural. Um, but it was the spirit of work. And Philip was confident in, his, in the spirit to just go with him and be with him and actually it then says doesn't it that he, uh, he reached Caesarea and in Acts 20 something one yeah Acts 21 um it um I think it was Paul goes to stay with Philip and by then he's got four daughters <laughs> the plan of God to the how the hold he has on his life and the way the spirit works through him from dishing out food, to miraculous signs, to meeting with an individual, because that's who God cares about, to being spread to Caesarea, where he then obviously got married and had children. That's the Holy Spirit at work. So although we, but if we hadn't listened to step one, we don't know, do we? I mean, God is so gracious, so gracious. So gracious and it he d- he does work when we argue back or discuss or, or ignore. But this is just an example of someone whose life was full of the Holy Spirit. He allowed the completeness of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom, the truth, the na- supernatural, the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in his life. And so, therefore, the hand of God was on him, and he responded when he was invited to partner with God. And uh, you know, he, the Holy Spirit, interrupted and intervened in Philip's life. That's who he was. He was an intervener. He interrupted. It might be that he interrupts your day. It might be that he interrupts your hour. It might be interrupt. He interrupts your life plan. It might be interrupts your job. It might be interrupts your thinking. For a minute, but he will interrupt and invite you. He will invite us to do, to go to run. It might be a phone call. He might be interrupt your day. You might be enjoying reading a book or watching the telly or making a T, interrupt you and say, go. We get a choice to run or to not. We get invited to come up here and we can choose yes or no. It's a choice. But what an amazing thing to be invited by God to come up here. And I think we need to stop and think sometimes about who is inviting us to do stuff. This is the Holy Spirit. This is our God inviting us to partner with him. We will get step one. And you will think, well, I don't know why that person, if I send them a verse, I don't know if they need it. And they might think, I think this, so I don't know. If I send them a verse about going through troubles, they might think, I think this, and... That's how my mind works, anyway. Um. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, <coughs> it, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's holy. S- it's the Father. It's the Mighty God, asking us to partner with Him. I mean, that is amazing, isn't it? Us, us. Um, invited to come up here to go with it and so whether whatever that interruption or that intervention into your day is or your life plans or your job plans or your house plans we need to respond because he's inviting us to partner with him come up here and I will show you send a text make a phone call give some flowers Move there. Move here. It's endless, but we're going to get that and nothing else probably. And then because he's God and he's so amazing, he will instruct us and his spirit will work through us. He will not then say, go, I'm leaving you to it. We heard those of you yesterday, he will come with us. He doesn't love from afar. He comes with us and he will continue to instruct. And actually, because it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I going to be someone that runs? Am I going to hear the Holy Spirit prompting and say, go here, make this call, send this text, cook that meal, move here, move there, and am I going to be someone that goes? Is it going to be said of me, "Caris went. Karis ran. Not that that's very much of a chance, but <laughs> um, so I ran. I was eager to hear the Spirit and to respond to him, to his invitation. You know, those divine interventions, those invitations, those instructions are so that we can be the vessel, the conduit to other people's divine interventions. And that's what the Holy Spirit, this side of the Holy Spirit wants us to meet. This is who he wants us to meet. This part of him, this part of him that will say, I'd like you to please come up here to my thoughts, my ways and partner with me. And let's see what we can do. Let's see. We, we may not be the person who leads someone to Christ and baptise them, but if I do my step one and then... Emma does step two, and Barbara does step three, and James does step four, and Andrew does step five. It's there. So we might not get to do all the steps, but we need to respond to our steps, whatever they may be. And we need to be say, God, I'm going to be someone that runs when you ask me. Because your Holy Spirit, that's who he is, as well as all the other stuff, that's who he is. And so it is scary, possibly, but exciting if we can just get to know this part of the Holy Spirit, this person who will just speak to us and let us begin to be vessels and conduits of his love to those around us. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that there is so much to know of you that we haven't begun. But we want to know more. We are hungry to know more. We know you have plans for us. And we do not want to stay where we are. We want to be those that learn to say yes. We want to be those who learn to run. Thank you that you take us on a journey and you say, come with me and I will show you and I will be with you. But Holy Spirit, we we want this week to be those that say yes to your invitations. We want to be those who run. I just thank you, Lord Jesus, where we haven't said yes in the past and those being the enemies coming back to lie and said, ah, oh, but reminded you of the times you haven't said yes, that those are in the past. We want to turn and face you and we want to say, this is my God. He has forgiven all my sin. My past is my past and I'm going to f- go forward Learning to be a person who says yes. I am, I don't always find it very easy at school, <laughs> at work, to talk about God. I am busy and uh, um, work stresses you out and then you get a bit, and then you feel, oh, I can't say anything because I always did this and I didn't behave properly. And I just, I used to get in this spiral of... um of failure basically <laughs> of thinking well I didn't say that and then I behave like that and so I can't do that and, and i so that would be it and God really has been gracious in teaching me to say okay I didn't do it that time but next time I will and it doesn't matter for the next time I don't the next time I will